About the only good thing from continuing partial government shutdown might be less traffic, but the costs keep mounting, and one fallout is losses in revenue to federal contractors, especially in the D.C. region. To find out how much less, we turn to Bloomberg government analyst Paul Murphy. And Paul, you have been following federal spending now for the better part of 25 years or longer. Have you seen anything like this before? No, Tom, never. This is quite unique, as I say, unprecedented. So what is the loss to contractors? And then we'll get into how you measured it. Yeah, it is a question of how you measure it. But uh, we did it very simply. We just looked at what the shutdown agencies spent in the region last year and assumed that if they kept spending levels up at that same rate, uh, what they would be spending this year. And it amounted to about $91 million a day. And if you multiply that out through uh, the first 26 days of the shutdown, you know, we're looking at Revenue that has been that is at risk. We're saying uh, it has been deferred, it has been delayed. It is revenue companies are not seeing because they aren't seeing bids. That amounts to about a, a total of about two point four billion dollars so far. Wow! And so the implication is, as I think you said, the money may never come through. Well, it's really, you know, at the agency's discretion, there's lots of different types of work that are done. And some of it, you know, we, uh, the companies may never see uh, those dollars again, like particularly for uh, contracts dealing with staff augmentation, for example. There's different kinds of staff augmentation. If you're talking about um, uh, help desk, for instance, you know, you can't make up those hours because, you know, uh, it's in the past, it's gone. But if you're talking about staff augmentation where, you know, people are doing office work that uh, accumulates uh, in the shutdown uh, during the furlough and needs to be made up, you might see some uh, increased staffing after the uh, furlough or after the uh, shutdown is done you know, to make up for lost work. There's other kinds of work, uh, for instance, that, you know, once the government starts up again, it's going to have to be made up. You know, uh, work, for instance, uh, there's a lot of uh, IT services are done. Say you're doing an IT modernization project and and you have testing and you have milestones. You You can't proceed on these projects until you get that work done. So there's definitely going to be some revenue seen once the uh, shutdown ends, but there's a good chance that some of it will never be seen. If a company has its own employees, contractor employees, that are working along with accepted federal employees who have to be at work. Sure. If they have to be supervised um, and the office is closed, they can't show up. They can't get in the building sometimes. They can't get at their desks. Whether or not that money is lost or delayed depends on the nature of the work that they were doing. But I was asking about people that might be on the job from a contractor because their federal counterparts are on the job. Some work is deemed critical. Uh, Some work is still being done. Some money is still being spent. There was a bunch of money uh, front-loaded on some contracts. You know, there was about a $400 million spike in spending on December 21st uh, that went to companies like uh, Comonix to maintain their pharmaceutical global uh, health pharmaceutical contract with USAID and other critical kinds of work like that, uh, General Dynamics, Lidos and stuff, have seen some of their money on their contracts continue. And so those employees may be still showing up and may be still being funded, but it's harder, and there are laws requiring government employees to show up at jobs uh, uh, even if they aren't getting paid. So there may be contractors supporting them, but it's it's not clear whether they are required to show up if their government uh, managers and supervisors show up. Different regulations apply. So really, then, there are infinite possibilities here for different companies. Yes, it's, it's, it's quite complex. It's, it's, it's really agency by agency and office by office. It's quite difficult to uh, get the big picture because it's different for each agency and, and each project. 
We're speaking with Paul Murphy, analyst at Bloomberg Government. And which companies are feeling this the most? Well, it's hard to say. Nobody is likes to talk about money being slowed down. In fact, some companies are quite proud of the fact that they're not seeing any impact on their spending. For instance, uh, General Dynamics or Huntington Ingalls, for instance, uh, further south, not necessarily in the region. But you know, their their contracts, a lot of them, uh, the agencies juggle the the money in various accounts to make sure that critical projects continue to be funded. The USAID front loaded some work for uh, Comonics to keep you know a critical pharmaceutical supply contract going. So some of these companies are not seeing any effect so far. Uh, Comonics says that they're funded full operations through February, but you know if the shutdown continues much beyond that, they will start to experience uh, some tightness and may need to furlough people. But the, the companies that are really seeing the impacts are uh, companies that have hourly employees, small businesses in particular, you know, have very short-term, discrete contracts where they're not being renewed because the agencies aren't issuing the bids. We get reports from the uh, Montgomery County Chamber of Commerce, for instance, that you know, they're starting to hear of you know, companies that are shutting down and possibly going out of business because you know, their smaller, short-term contracts uh, are ending. And you have companies that are doing research for NASA with a lot of senior PhDs on staff, and, um, you know, it's very difficult to maintain these high-salaried scientists and engineers, you know, if the money has stopped. Very few companies have the resources to maintain very high-salaried people. And so you're seeing kind of a, a staggered effect, and reports are coming in to the uh, trade associations and to organizations like Montgomery County Chamber as the problems become critical. But nobody likes to talk about you know, the uh, slowdown spending and how it's impacting their company because the companies have responsibilities to uh, uh, investors and shareholders and they want to you know, maintain the value of their companies, rightly so. Of course, maybe they have the obligation to tell investors in that case. <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, inevitably, you know, the, the uh, if there's no funding for these, if there's no appropriations for these uh, agencies, eventually the money dries up and it becomes very apparent, um, you know, what the impact on these companies is going to be if, if uh, sure. they're having to lay off companies. So I think it's it's kind of an emerging issue and it's clearly building. Um, it's, uh, you might call it snowballing. It makes it more and more complicated as each day goes by. You know, here's a, an interesting situation right now that it doesn't show up necessarily in the contracts data, but it's the kind of thing that will eventually show up. You know, the FCC has closed up the evaluation of uh, mergers and acquisitions, you know, that uh, shot clock valuation uh, sure, yeah. uh-huh. uh, process that they go through. Well, uh, among the companies in the docket are T-Mobile and Sprint. You know, they have this big merger proposal that, that went before the FCC about 90 some odd days ago. It's a 180-day review period. The FCC can't review the merger um, uh, until you know they come back and, and, and staff back up again. So they're halfway through this merger. Uh, it's not happening. In the meantime, the enterprise infrastructure solutions contract, the big you know follow-on to networks, they're calling for solicitations from the agencies by the end of March. Well, Sprint's a partner with Harris on this contract. So what's going to happen? To Harris and what's going to happen to Sprint and and can these agencies that you know are affected by the shutdown even submit solicitations for EIS and what's going to happen to the upgrade schedule for their telecommunications system so it starts to have a cascading series of effects first I think you start feeling it with you know these short term labor rate contracts uh, uh, the staff augmentation types of contract and then it starts building and, and building and and the consequences become more serious the further we get into this in other words the awarding of new contracts by civilian agencies 
is held off, and therefore that could affect the value of the old contracts, which they would have to continue until something new is awarded, like the EIS. Well, sure. Except, I mean, you mentioned old contracts. What do you do if you're a treasury, for instance, and you've already canceled a follow-on to the TIPS contract and you were going to rely on the best-in-class contracts, but um, all the task orders on TIPS that are coming up, that would normally come up for renewal, are being postponed and delayed. So all the companies on the big contracts that would have expected to bid on those recompetes are seeing revenue delayed. So yeah, I mean, you're right. There's a huge opportunity cost in business that the contractors aren't able to bid on. And furthermore, I mean, DHS has recently canceled uh, follow-on to Eagle. So there's a lot of task order recompetes there that are, are being uh, delayed as a result of the shutdown. Paul Murphy is an analyst at Bloomberg Government. Sounds like this could get worse the longer it goes on. Maybe it'll be over soon, but we'll check in with you again. Thanks for joining me. Okay. Thank we'll, you, Tom. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, and you can get the show as a podcast. Just go to Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.